All right, welcome everybody to the next episode of Yankee Chronicles on YouTube. I am Bobby Ryan, and you can find Yankee Chronicles on yankeechronicles.com and on Twitter at Yankee Chronicle. I am here today with Kenny and Chris, and we are going to be discussing with fan expectations. And have fans put too much pressure on the younger players that have come up on the Yankees roster? And I think this is going to be an interesting discussion because a lot of people look at what the level of uh, what a level of success should be at this point differently. So, Chris, being this is your first uh, visit with us, we want to hear your thoughts on are fans putting too much pressure on these younger players to succeed quickly? Well. Uh I had two thoughts on that when um, you told me what the topic was going to be today. My first thought was, no way. Um, maybe not fan expectations. I mean, um, I think that fans have high expectations of Yankee players. I think that they ought to have high expectations of okay. Yankee players. So much so, I mean, the organization certainly – um, has high expectations of winning. So um, I guess it depends if we're talking about a young player, um, depending on where they are in their development, how much that expectation is. You know, it's a different expectation for Jason Dominguez as it, than it is for, say, Debbie Garcia or now Clint Frazier. Okay. When you're talking about, you know, who's where in their development what you should expect from that. No, development definitely is a major factor in, in the expectations. Now, can we, what, what do you think about the expectations from the fans? Are we too hard on these players? So, you know, like, like you said, I, I think it, it depends on the, the level of the player. How long has their tenure been, right? Or um if they are a Garrett Cole type guy with that you know massive contract um he's already 30 years old he's been in the game for a long time yeah we're gonna have high expectations and and having high expectations isn't a bad thing I'm um, I was a teacher for many, many years with the, you know, I've taught the tots all the way up to graduate students and, um, you know, um, having high expectations really is the thing that seals the deal for, for the kids and, um, and they'll live up to it. But, you know, if you're talking about a young player like Yabby Garcia, and, you know, these kids who are just coming out of you know, the, uh, the minor leagues or, or whatever, I, I think you have to adjust your expectations a little bit. I think they can still be high. You can have high expectations, but you can also adjust those expectations while still having high expectations for them. So, you know, you're not going to expect him to be a Garrett Cole pitcher, right, type pitcher, okay. but – you know, you, you also, um, you know, you also have a high expectations. He's going to perform pretty, pretty well. And I think one of the things that we have to ask ourselves is, 
um, you know, is, is Aaron Boone having high enough expectations for the players? And is he communicating those high expectations to the players? Or is he like, oh, well, everybody makes mistakes or they just have a bad outing or they just, you know, that kind yeah, of thing. Is he, so yeah, I think does that's, he come off too passive or is yeah. does he not want to break these players down and, and shatter their confidence? while still yeah. being honest with the media. It's a very hard job for a manager to do that because exactly. one wrong word will either make him look weak to the media or uh, to the player's point of view, I, he doesn't think I'm good enough mm-hmm. you know, to perform. So I think that's a fine line that a lot of people don't recognize as part of a challenge of a manager yeah. of such young talent. You know, we were lucky enough where we had a manager like Joe Torrey, where as these, as those players were coming up and we had that core four, Joe was one of those behind the scenes. He was kind of like that, that fatherly or grandfatherly type that was very open and honest and direct, but still didn't beat them down and really kind of gave a cold shoulder. You know, he, he never showed an expression to the media whether he was happy or annoyed. Right. You know, right. very matter-of-fact yeah. facial expression. Mm-hmm. You know, managers nowadays don't really give that. You know, they, they wear everything. You know, everything is out in the open. You know, because if you exactly. hide too much, well, what are you hiding? Or if you give exactly. too much... Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, well, you're you're breaking the clubhouse code by telling them, you know, telling the media, you know, what's up on the up and up. So, Boone's in a tough spot with these younger players. And one thing that that led me to want to bring this this question up in topic, and is the Yankees came, you know, the the core was rebuilt for, in 2017, where we had a lot of these younger players come up to the, the major league level and kind of shocked everybody. They shocked the baseball world of, right, the Yankees, where we thought they were in a rebuild year when they made those trades at the deadline, mm-hmm. really were not far away from being playoff contenders. You know, they really oh, transitioned nice. very well. But we've never seen them get past that, play, you know, Raise, um, raise the stakes for themselves in a playoff plateau. So, Chris, do you think that because of the way that they were successful in 2017, they gave false hope, or is it just baseball just wasn't ready for what they, what the abilities that they had? Well, um, it's complicated because you know uh, Girardi had the baby bombers when they came first came up and then he was criticized for his handling of Sanchez as we, you know, I think we know. Um, I, I, I guess they thought he hand, they handled him too roughly. I'm not sure, but uh, somehow Sanchez ended up getting, uh, giving the impression that he was then being coddled. Um, you know, he got the, um, they, people started calling him I, and fans, I, I not, you know, say Gary's fat and lazy. 
Um, and then he doesn't have very much success and fans are, uh, fans' expectations for Gary, you know, I mean, that's just one example. And then when, with Boone coming in, um, the expectations for Gary have been just, can you get up off the basement floor and, yeah. you know, bring it up. But um, so I think that the expectations from fans are one thing. Expectations from managers, of course, are another thing. Hopefully, you know, the player is meeting the expectations that they hope to meet. What, for example, let me throw a question back at you. What, sure. what um, Cashman recently showed, said, made comments, and I can't remember exactly what he said, but mm -hmm. um, he said that uh, Glaber Torres is a better second baseman than he is a shortstop, or he at least implicated that. Yeah, no, you know, that he did. He came out and he said he goes not that he can't play short, right? But at this point, you know, at this point, his better position is second base. Right. So now, what is the expectation, say, for Glaber Torres, uh, another young player, not not as young as you know some of the other ones we were talking about, maybe, but with Glaber Torres, I would say his ceiling is still very high. Yeah. You know, I don't think he's hit his peak. You know, there's there's still he came in he, in the minor leagues. He was going through as a shortstop. And they moved him at second base, which looked more natural for him. You know, he was able to – it complemented his range on the infield. You know, the bat has never been – his offense has never, has never been the issue. Nope. You know, he can hit the ball. He could, you know, hit to all parts of the, you know, field plus power. Right. So he's a contact power hitter that the Yankees do tend to lean towards. I think, personally, second base is where he should be playing. You know, I just don't think because they had to move him to second base because we had Didi Gregorius, they they didn't fully develop him range-wise to handle shortstop, yeah. which is a very important position. You know, Cameron, do you want to chime in on the uh, – on Glaber? Yeah, I mean – I think that last point that you made is really important because I think part of having high expectations for players is saying, even though there's maybe another guy who can do your job, we're going to expect you to do the same job as well, if not better than that guy, than that other guy. And and I think that that's a combination of management and coaches communicating that to the player. And the player has to believe that um, himself as well. So, um, you know, so I, I, I don't think that we can, you know, whenever Glaber, you know, has a, has a bum game or whatever, yeah. you know, we, we can't ink you know, maybe 99% is fault, but that 1% one, 1 is, is how are those expectations being communicated? Because here's the thing, these, these are still, some of these kids are still very young. Glaber's what, 24 today? I think I saw his birthday or yesterday, yeah. 24. 
Um, so the, he's four years younger than Aaron Judge. So 24. I mean, that's, you know, he's still a kid. You know, even the kids are younger than that. And and they're still at a point in their life where they're learning to manage their own self expectations along with expectations of others. And, you know, I remember getting my first job in my 20s and, and learning um you know, I, I was a teacher and I had expectations for myself, but my principal of the school also had expectations for me. And you have to learn how to manage all of those things. And, you know, you're, you're in your early twenties. Um, you're, it's, it's a learning curve. It's a learning yeah. experience. Whereas I think if you look at the older players, like Garrett Cole is already 30, Tanaka's 32. Um, you know, you got Brett Gardner's probably going to retire one of these days but he's like what 37 or something like that I mean these guys know they know now the game they know the game that they have to play with themselves in their mind and and they they know what the management and the coaches to kind of can read what they're thinking too but that's but that's you know that's very much a learning curve in terms of of expectations you know when you when you're discussing with the learning curve we saw what happened with Clint Frazier. Yep. He had a terrible 2019. And then in 2020, he came in, you saw the work and the, 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 the dedication he had to honing his talent. It was a much better defensive player this last year than he was in the past because he had the chance to grow while playing the games out. Yep. You know, and really learn with the feel of the a live game. Now, with Frazier, it made me think of what could have been for Andujar, who yep. all the Yankee fans were crying that he, he didn't get the rookie of the year. Yeah. You know, and before the next season even started, they wanted him gone, that he was useless. Yep. You know, but they, you know, like with a Frazier, did the were was the pressure from the fans too much for management to let Andujar get the same chance to grow as Frazier did? Chris, your thoughts? Uh, Andujar was he's always been close to my heart. I mean, I wanted him to succeed in the worst way, and still want him to succeed, and believe you, I believe he will. But I don't know that he'll do that at third base with the Yankees. Um, and, I, and I hate to say that, you know, my opinion of him, I, I think my opinion of Gio Urshela uh, and my opinion of Andujar were, you know, like this. Yeah. <laughs> one went up, the other went down because uh, we had, the, it's, you know, his deficiencies at third base. We couldn't have. I don't think that the Yankee infield could bear Andujar and Torres there on the left side of that infield. I mean, uh, you know, that's a very fair point. Yeah. And, and just having Urshela over there is such a comfort. Uh, and, you know, he may not be the, uh, you know, Chapman or whatever that guy's name is, you know, for the A's that maybe is the top third baseman. Yeah. He may not be that, but he's, Definitely solid, been solid over there. Um, and Andahar lost his job. Yep. 
to, to injury, really more than he did yeah. to Urshela, but. But is that because, you know, I know the injuries were for, for, for Andujar were very unfortunate. Yes. And it really put a, a, brought his development to a dead stop. Yes, yep. So, it, you know, it is a hard player to gauge yeah. if, if he could have made the same progress as, as Clint Frazier. Oh, that would have been. But, it, you know, I think that still leaves to be a fair question of yep. what, he's one of those players of what could have been. Yeah. You know, where the players had him elevated so high where that, you know, he could have, it could, his first error could have been in his 20th game and they still would have been calling for his head. Yeah. You know, where no matter what they do, they're waiting for that, that ball, you know, that one error. So the fans can say we were right. Yeah. Rather than just having the guys back and just really, help you know fans could be that uh, those backup coaches where if the fan base is really rallying behind a player it really can be a huge motivation but too i think sometimes fans are too quick to just say you know what they didn't do anything for the first half of their rookie season move on cameron do you think that's a fair statement I do. I think the fans are just, they're very um, in the moment. They're kind of like, uh, you know, one week, this person's great. And the next week, ah, they're terrible. And I'm just yeah. like, but it's only been one week. You know, you can't just, <laughs> you got to get the guy more than one week. Um, and so the fan base, I think, is really funny that way because they they um i think you know they don't kind of keep in mind all the time the, the learning curve that goes on and and when there's a learning curve mistakes are going to be made but also i think in terms of clint frazier and why people were rallying behind him is because he was out there playing they yeah. put him in the game you cannot have high expectations for someone and then say, okay, no, you can't play. That yeah. it, it doesn't work like that. If you're going to have high expectations, then you have to put the kid, the player out there, you know, in the game because those two go hand in hand. So you let them play the game, they do well, then you raise the expectations, you raise the bar for the next game, put them in the game. So, you know, a lot of times the fans go nuts, but it's like you hardly see a player in the game. They play like two games and, you know, that's it. Like you can't, you know, you, you have to have, there has to be consistency. Yeah. And, and with and Yuhar, he did play a lot of games in, in the time, you know, before he got injured. And so we did have that opportunity to kind of, see whatever kind of development was going to take place right so but clint frazier we didn't know really until they put him in the game this year you know and so i think that when they put him in the game the fans were like oh wait a minute wait what's this guy doing okay let's raise the bar a little bit and i think he probably responded to that somehow or or the, or the management the coaches did and and things kind of spiral from from there yeah. Well, 
There's one last player I want to bring up for this show. And this is a player that won Rookie of the Year, won, a home, you know, won the Home Run Derby, had the second half slump in his rookie year, already has his own section in Yankee Stadium. And we all know who I'm getting ready to announce. You know, and that's Aaron Judge. You know, he is a player who not only exceeded the expectations of the fans, but exceeded expectations when he came up in baseball. You know, you had the, the commissioner, Rob Manfred, announcing that he's, you know, got the ability to be the, he can carry the game. And not many players get those accolades from a commissioner. Has his injuries disappointed the fan base to the level that he can't recover from and be, you know, may stay his ground as the face of the team. Chris, your thoughts? Well, that's a good question, but I think that um, a li- with judge, if he, he is, you're right. I think he has, to this point, disappointed the expectations of fans who thought that he, by this time, would be the home run king every, you know, he would be the, what DJ LeMahieu was for the Yankees season, that it would be Judge carrying the team on his shoulders. Uh, But, you know, I felt that Judge's injuries were more misfortune than anything else. I mean, who, you know, he's broken wrist, for God's sake. Yeah. A broken collarbone. I mean, it's not like he's out with, a, you know, a lower body injuries yeah. or something. Yeah, I understand um, what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so I, I hope the judge um, that a little success in 2021 will make judge uh, king of the hill again, you know, because I'm always going to root for judge like he is. You know, I I, I believe Judge is that one player. We can look at the way that fans discuss discuss Andujan and Torres, Sanchez, even Severino. Judge is the only player on this roster that has room for redemption. You know, as long as he's doing well, all is right in the world. In the books, you know. So... It's really up to him, and like you said, it was unfortunate, in, you know, injuries. You know, he, he cracked it. You know, he had the broken rib diving for, you know, diving for a ball. Where if he didn't dive for it, the fans would be jumping on him that he was lazy, that he didn't want to try to make the play. Yep. You know, these players, they never win. They right. never win, and it's our fault. You know, I, I'm a Yankee fan. I put a lot of pressure. If we don't win the World Series, the year was wasted. We wasted 162 games. I know it, yeah. but you know that's sort of the men. The winning is the the Yankee mantra, and and I, you know, Mr. Steinbrenner, uh, George Steinbrenner, he's the yes. one that said it. Winning is everything. So I mean, the Yankees have higher expectations, I think, than maybe other groups do, than other teams do for their young people, but then there's also high reward. You, yeah. You know, if depending on what moves they make this winter, I mean, we could see the Yankees in as a World Series team this year. 
and maybe Schmidt or Garcia finds their way onto a, that roster. That's just, you know, I have that expectation, which yeah. is a high expectation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> you pretty much justify the entire episode. <laughs> I'm sorry. I kind of think, you know, I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit because I kind of think players, if players are listening to what fans think too much, are then they're probably in their own head too much yeah and they just need to respond to what the organization says here's your expectation or if it's even that clear yep you know cammy any final thoughts for you you know i, I just want to go back to aaron judge for a second because it, this yeah. guy is highly unusual not just in his physical prowess but um this is a kid, I, I believe his parents are teachers, or I, I think it's at least his mom is. Um, so he, I think he was, he was probably raised with a set of very high expectations. But, uh, you know, I, I think maybe he pays attention to the fan base. Maybe he doesn't. But this is a guy who has such high expectations for himself, for his teammates, for his managers, for his coaches, that um when he bounces back from the injuries i think we're going to see a real bounce back because i i think that this uh his mentality the way he thinks about things the way he has leadership skills on the team exhibits leadership um uh, you know he he's just he's an unusual kid and i think if anybody could redeem themselves in terms of meeting yes. fans expectations it's aaron judge anybody in baseball that is not just um in the yankees but you know but but overall i mean the the yankees are an organization that um they've always had high expectations my um my great-grandfather uh worked with lou gehrig uh with in baseball mm -hmm. before Lou, Lou Gary went to uh, Columbia and then to the Yankees and they kept in touch um, for uh, for Lou's time on on the Yankees and uh, this this was a guy with really high expectations you know <laughs> he just uh, until he couldn't do until he couldn't do it anymore but but also you know he was I think also surrounded by players. And I think that, that that kind of tradition has just continued um, in both the fan base and in the organization um, for, for a century now. And, um, and you know, so when they, we, they don't win the World Series, um, which we haven't for, you know, several years now, it's like, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> so I, it's time to get back, but I think it's, it's um, but I, I think a lot of that is going to depend on the expectations that are communicated by the coaches and, and the management um, this year. So we'll have to see. Cross our fingers. <laughs> Chris, you want any final thoughts? Uh, just that I think it's going to be the year of Aaron Judge. I've been saying that. 2021, the year of Aaron Judge. <laughs> All right. And, um, and Chris, I want to thank you again for joining us today. Yes. Uh, it, was, it was a pleasure having a discussion with you. And we hope to see you again with us soon. 
And again, on behalf of everybody, Yankee Chronicles, I am Bobby Ryan. I want everybody to stay safe and stay smart. And talk to you next time. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.